Well, I realise that a lot of listeners um, this week will no doubt have urgent questions to put to Nick, but I'm afraid that he couldn't be with us today uh, because he's hiding under his desk. Uh, I'm not hiding under the desk. <laughs> For the benefit of listeners who don't believe this, he genuinely is hiding under his I... desk. I have a very important diplomatic engagement and I can't come to the dispatch box. And anyway, nobody likes me. <laughs> well, I hope you're taking back control wherever you are. I'm taking back full control of the area under my desk. Oh. <laughs> Actually, oh, that was horrible under there. I don't want to go under there. <laughs> Welcome to episode uh, 216. It's just as dreadful. Sorry, this is... Okay. Well, look, here's the thing, everybody. Yes. That intro you just heard, that was recorded yesterday. Yeah. Um, and because of technical reasons yeah. of somebody, one of us, not having his headphones plugged in properly... Uh, we're re- re- re-recording this episode. We are re-recording it on Thursday. Have we still got the same Prime Minister? I don't know. <laughs> Have we? <laughs> While we were well, recording we yesterday, we, we got a new Home Secretary. <laughs> it was ridiculous, wasn't it? <laughs> we were joking about it. I don't think it's a joke anymore, is it? <laughs> no. The previous week, last week when we were recording, you know, the next day we got a new Chancellor yeah. Exchequer. So it's... You know, they're running out of cabinet ministers to replace. Is it my turn yet? <laughs> I imagine you're not a Tory, though. I can't be sure, living in Oxford, as you do. Oh, well, there you are. Listen, uh, t- shall we start with um, church notices? Because you have an announcement. <laughs> yes, I do have an announcement. I should also point out that it's just been a nightmare from a technological point of view recently. A, there seems to be a huge gap between us, so apologies if we talk over each other. <laughs> Two... Yesterday, mm. I spent all day not receiving emails. Can you believe that? So there was like people were sending emails. They weren't bouncing back, but I was never getting them. So they thought they'd sent them. I didn't get them. And it was causing a lot of stress. I think it might be solved, but I don't really know. Well, it's funny, isn't it? Because, of course, you don't know. You you send an email no. off. You have no idea no. whether it's got there. <laughs> it's shocking. This is but one in a long line of tech issues this week. Anyway, let me change the mood. Come on, come on. Let's talk about something great. And so uh, we the event that we're doing on a Tuesday evening, November the 8th, 7.30 in the evening with Dave Steele and the fabulous Joe Ibert, which might be a name that some uh, listeners are not familiar with. She's an extraordinary woman, obviously known to both of us, came uh, came with us on the church weekend away we did and Joe Ibber is an amazing woman she's a church leader but she's also set up What the Fog which is this amazing organisation that champions um, basically helps people to understand the menopause better she talks to women she talks to organisations she talks to all kinds of people help, helping to bring understanding to that issue but she is a church leader and it's she's very relevant because she has held views that are not always towing the party line if I can put it that way, 
in church. And really, that's why Dave and I are getting together uh, with Joe to talk about how do we have a theology around this sort of I hate the term progressive Christianity because I just don't like labels. But, you know, same sex relationships, how we view the atonement, what we actually believe the gospel is and therefore what the church is. How do we start to build a theology, a robustness around that, a confidence around this emerging worldview that we're having? Because we believe the church needs it. Not everyone in the church will want it. But for those who are interested and especially we're sort of pitching this at leaders, you don't have to be a leader to come along. Um, but we'd love you to join us on that evening to join in the conversation and who knows where it will lead but um, the details are on our Facebook page and with a bit of luck you might put them in the show notes or something well I, I might do <laughs> you might if I send you a link maybe maybe you've emailed them to me who knows <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> don't <laughs> we're, 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 there's a link available um it's 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 on a donation basis we'd really love to cover some costs for this and also i might just a big shout out to the fabulous bob dudley uh, a beloved listener of ours who uh, we couldn't do this without him basically he's he's setting up all the tech for it so bless you bob thank you so much for all your support and help in making this happen so we'll see you oh, and the technology will work like a dream <laughs> he said on the night uh, so yeah do come along it's for a, on a donation basis pay what you can good okay so uh, i will put the uh, the details on the website as well if if joe Thank you. is joe's email works <laughs> um yeah other than that so that's that's something you're doing now what else what yeah. else is happening are you better are you recovered i'm feeling a lot better i'm going to say i'm going to push me towards 90% uh, on a good day, 95. Still a little bit nauseous, still a little bit, uh, you know, lacking energy, whatever. Like, I think I'm over it. And then the following day, I go, Ugh. yeah, that's that's the covid way. It seems you're still a novid, aren't you? Well, uh, so my daughter has tested positive and she's not feeling. very. Oh, well. no. Uh, and Claire oh, and I you. tested yesterday and we were both uh, novids. Um, I think Claire's gone out to try and source some more tests We'd see what happens, really. And we could do a U-turn because they're very popular at the moment, you know. <laughs> they are very so. popular to do a U-turn on being a novid. <laughs> yes, we could, uh, we could change our policy. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good idea. It's very vogue at the moment. Um, I've, been, I've been sort of wasting time on Strictly. I said I wouldn't get into another series because it feels like a waste of, like, you know, all the hours on a Saturday night. But I don't know. I just, I get sucked in. And then did you see last week's show? Did you mm. see it? Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, it was such a... I can't help it. It was such a joyful experience. I feel like we need Strictly. Yeah, yeah And, you absolutely. know, Bake Off or whatever, you know, just fluffy, light stuff there is around because life feels heavy at times, doesn't it? I think... Why do you characterise it as wasting time? That's an interesting thing. Why do you feel that? I, uh, what else should you be doing? Yeah, it's a good question. I suppose I think I should be doing something a bit more noble, like, you know, I don't know, reading or, mm. you know, stretching my mind or improving myself in some way instead of just sitting in front of the box thoroughly enjoying myself. <laughs> well, I don't think any of us are against you improving yourself, but um, I think... <laughs> exactly. I think that's a longer-term project, if I may say. No, I think it's interesting, because I've changed my, my sort of... or trying to change my attitude to this after reading 3,000 Weeks, 
uh, by Oliver Berkman, with whom we did an interview. 4,000. 4,000 weeks. Uh, 4,000 weeks. I, uh, the sequel. Uh, <laughs> uh, with Oliver Berkman, with whom we did a, a podcast recently. And um, and and he... he yeah. He sort of says, you know, we often get this idea that we should be doing something else, that what we're doing is not good enough. You know, it's not um, it's not yeah. proper use of our time. Yeah. And therefore, we get to the yeah. end of it and we think, haven't. But what we've done is made a choice of something we wanted to do. Now, unless it's sort of something that's absolutely damaging to you, I don't mm. think you should feel bad about that necessarily. And I can't see how Strictly no. is damaging to you. Strictly no, is just wonderful and it is joyful. And Hamza is a is a dancing god. So you know. What, why wouldn't you watch that? Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, oh, and I've also been thinking about church a bit more. So that's a sign I'm getting better, oh, right. I think. Uh, and also just pro- processing grief. Yeah, just thinking about stuff. What are you thinking about church? Um, there are things I miss uh, that I don't know what to do. So, for example, you know you have rebuked me openly for saying to, to listeners, do come down and have a meal with us. I think... Part of what's going on there is that, you know, when I was part of a big church, you know, we, we would say to people, you know, newcomers and visitors and people we hadn't seen before, we'd say, hey, have you got have you got dinner sorted? Why don't you why don't you come back to our place? And so you'd end up to offering hospitality to strangers. And and there's something I think that was good for them about it. And there's something very good for us about that. Um, whereas nowadays, I feel like um we still do hospitality, but we're doing it essentially all the time with people we know in some way. Yeah, so I yeah. don't like the idea of offering it out to people we don't know. So that's why I say, listeners, if you're ever down Worthing, come in and have a meal. Although some people would say I should notify Rachel about this policy, this policy before I U-turn. There is an argument that you should have informed the Office for Budget Responsibility, as Rachel is known. Yes. Something about that. Yeah, another thing. Oh, yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that because obviously mm. you're not. You know, as you, you're the way you you do church now, table fellowship. It's 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 not a sort of open thing. Um, it's pretty exclusive, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Well, I and I know you do love giving hospitality because you're 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 a lovely man like that. But uh, you know. Um, no, thank you. Maybe, maybe <laughs> just be aware we don't just have seventeen listeners, and you know, we have no control who listens to this. <laughs> oh no! And listen, listen. There's an open invitation to Franklin Graham to come <laughs> over and have a meal with us anytime he feels like it. <laughs> He'd love that. I think. <laughs> anyway. How- how about you? How are yeah, you? Yeah, we're all right, apart from, you know, it's like COVIDness in the house and um, uh, house hunting, mm. obviously, as I talked about last week, uh, which is just quite quite um, tiring, really. It's quite... I, it, I can't get over how the whole system is so stupid. You know, I haven't moved house for a long <laughs> time and it doesn't seem to have got any better or faster or more efficient... You know, the, everything else has got faster and yes. it's all about you press a button, it's all electronic. I, you know, it's, there's electronic ways of, you know, organising your time now and coordinating diaries and all this kind of stuff. But I don't know, the legal system with house mm. buying, are they still using quills? Is there still some little scribe in the corner saying, I'll tell you what, I'll get a fresh sheet of vellum out and we'll get going on this. I you know, know, it's like we put... We put men on the moon 50 odd years ago. You would think we could touch a button now and it, all the relevant authorities would be yeah, notified exactly. and, and, and it would be 
Yes, I agree. Why does it take months? Anyway, so I'm not really looking forward to that, really. Uh, all that palaver. I think it will just make me annoyed. And I don't like... Um, I don't like getting annoyed, although I do get annoyed, uh, especially you say when. That. <laughs> yeah, I think you do. <laughs> well, I'd like to share with you a song. That's what I'd like to say now. A couple of weeks ago, a few weeks okay. ago, a lovely event. Right. Up at a very well-known uh, church in London, and they had a, they had a, a worship band singing, and we sang a song. And it's called "Awake My Soul." <laughs> I'm laughing, and I don't even know what's coming. I'm still laughing. I took a photo of the words because I was going to send it to you. It's called "Awake My Soul," and it begins with this this line: "There's a sound I love to hear. It's the sound of the Saviour's robe." What? Oh, <laughs> what? What's he? It's got a whistling. Is it a very rustling? What's it made out of? Chain mail or something? What? How do you hear that sound? Well, hang on. What? Let me give you that again. There's a sound I love to hear. It's the sound of the Savior's robe as he walks into the room where people pray. So people are praying, and the Savior walks in, and there's an enormous clanking going on. And people, oh, he's no. He's put on the chainmail. Oh, he's not put that robe. He's, he's put on the chainmail robe again. You know, people just praying and then clang, clang, clang. Oh, Jesus is coming. Still, we'd love to hear that sound. Unless he's, maybe he's got bells tied to it or something like a cat. Anyway, so there's a couple of verses where we sang about how we love to hear the sound of the Saviour's robe. And, um, you know, that was nice. And then and then it goes on, third verse, there's a sound that changes things, the sound of his people mm. on their knees. Well, what's that sound? Oh, God. I mean, if they've got yeah. creaky knee. Oh, my knee makes a noise when I bend and has done actually since I was 16. It's, I'm like, is that it? Is there a creaky knee? Is everybody sort of yeah. getting up? You know, we all make a noise, don't we, now, when we kneel or, or you know, it gets yeah, a certain yeah, age. So maybe yeah. it's the sound I love to hear is people going, oh, oh, crikey. Oh, it's hard getting ooh. up. <laughs> all my, all my knees. And that's the sound others love. Uh, this, or the Lord loves. It changes things, that sound. That's the sound that changes, oh, it changes. things. Oh, does yes, it? I don't think Jesus loves... I don't think the, the songwriter loves to hear that. He just changes In things. In what way? Well, I think praying. I think... <laughs> I imagine praying, anyway. Less than the sound of the knees. <laughs> yeah. And then you get to the end and it says, um, and when he moves, make no mistake, the bowels of hell begin to shake. Oh, no. I've had that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not pleasant, I can I tell mean, you. <laughs> you do not want hell's bowels shaking, do you? You just don't no, want to be in the way of that. No. <laughs> what has happened there? What are you? Do- what are you writing about? What is wrong with you? <laughs> Listen, if anyone knows the person who wrote it, or if they're listening, just don't take this. Don't take this laughter. Just, just write in. And let us know what what I know who wrote it. I've looked it up because I couldn't believe it was a genuine song. (laughs) The bowels of hell. I mean, it's like, oh, that sounds old. Let's put that in. Let's talk. You know, that sounds like it could have come. That sounds spiritual, doesn't it? Because it's not just. It's a very well-known. We don't use the depths of hell. We use the bowels of. You only use the bowels of hell in horror films, for heaven's sake, you you utter numpty. I should say to the listener, we said we have to talk about different things because, you, you know, these these conversations are very organic. I'll tell you what, there's a sound I, I love not... to hear and it's the sound of that song stopping. I didn't know this rant was coming. 
I'm sorry. It was a lovely occasion. It was a lovely. It was a lovely occasion. And uh, yeah, sure. And, and sure. I don't want to be rude to anybody, but that is a load of old tosh, isn't it? Really. I, I think it was an enhanced. Well. Yeah. Anyway, so that's enough of me. I okay. think. Uh, let's let's move on. Uh, we 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 have yes. feedback, I believe. We do have feedback, um, and and we want to talk about something this week, which I think is you know important to say. How on earth do we cling on to hopefulness and joy in a crazy world? That's all I'm going to say about it. The last email will lead us nicely into that. But first of all, from Stu, who says this: "Thanks so much for the pod. Love it. Thank you, Stu. We love you too." Uh, he says, thinking about your comments about belief versus behaviour, he said, I think self-awareness might be important here. How often are progressives just as dogmatic as conservatives? And the answer is mostly. How often have new movements simply become another movement? Maybe always. I've had plenty of experience of churches that focus heavily on behaviour. What we wear, how often we go to church, how we look, how we speak, etc, etc. Very superficial at times, to be honest. For these groups, I've often wished they'd focus on some doctrine. Think more about who is the God that we are worshipping and following as a better grasp of this might start to grow a better perspective on behaviour. And I'm also wary of focusing so heavily on Jesus per se. And he says, there's a statement I thought I'd never say. Yes, I think we choose to follow him in as much as he shows us the way. But I suspect the plan was never to create something quite separate in his name. I suspect he never intended this. What if there are other people in history who have shown uh, people the way to connect with what is the flow of all things, where there is no in and out, where everything belongs? He says, pull me up, please. Tell me what I'm missing. This is all new territory for me. Nice to have a forum where we can, uh, where it's safe to put it out there. And he then uh, did go on to say when I read that back I was worried it sounded a bit critical and he said when I listened to the pod yesterday I related to what you were saying I feel like I almost have no doctrine anymore and don't feel the need to have any when people tell me exactly what is what it amuses me at best and frustrates me at worst anyway he, he appreciates the podcast and uh, Stuart thanks for sending that in we, yeah. we truly appreciate yeah, it yeah thank you well I think it's, it's some good points in there I think one of the mm. things that we discover doing a podcast is you know when you say something and then you record it and then you know, assuming you don't have a chance to go back and re-record it, as we have now. Um, yeah. But when you record yeah. it, you, you you know, you often think, oh, I should have said that, I should have qualified that, I should have done, you know. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. it's right, the behaviour in and of itself is not what we're talking about, you know, it, because there's different kinds of behaviour. Behaviour can be good and bad. It can be superficial, as you were saying, or, yeah. or, or Christ-like or profound. And I think that's what we're talking about, is the difference between you know, attending church and following Jesus. And they're different things. And the two, you know, mm. one might lead to the other, but not always, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, quite right. I mean, I, but I suppose I suppose the thing is, you know, when, when last, what surprised me about the Franklin Graham article was that, you know, he he believes that people are going to hell. And it's, it's irregardless of whether they are behaving in a Christ-like way. Like, there was no question about, there was no question of, were, are you following Jesus? Is your life reflecting the values of Christ? Are you are you kind and loving and accepting and inclusive? And, and do you seek justice? The, none of that. It was all about whether you've got the right belief yes, about the atonement, yes. the, the saving blood of Jesus Christ on the cross when God poured out his wrath on his own son so that your sins could be... Unless you believe that, you're going to hell, is, is his very dogmatic position. I suppose that's that's really what I was taking 
issue with. But yeah, we don't want to get into the heavy shepherding thing on behaviour. You must wear this. No, I think. Oh, I think. Well, I, I I want to talk about guidance in a moment, but I think I think uh, just just as an aside, we did. But for new listeners, assuming you know you're still with us, yeah. uh, we did a couple of episodes on on atonement mm. theories of various kind. Um, yes, episode fifty and fifty one, and um, and so you might want to check those out. I'll put links in the yeah. show notes. But no, it's. It, I think the other thing is about. Was, he said this. You know, it's not just about. Uh, um, so where are you, where are you? You know, was he said on um, where are you focusing on Jesus per se? So it's, so I think mm. the. The the thing about that is it's a bit like, uh, you know, the old reformers thing of sola scriptura, only the Bible. It's never only the Bible. Yeah, exactly. And it's never only mm, Jesus yeah. because you need people to guide you, to help you interpret. You need people to help you work out how to follow Je- Jesus yeah. in your life. That's what a church should do, actually. That seems to me a Christian yeah, community yeah, should yeah. be helping one another to to be like Jesus. That's what it about mm. uh, and sometimes you can't get that uh, solely from your church and so you you're also going to look for mentors or sages or wise people or people you would trust mm. to kind of get alongside you and so i think that's important to find those whether they are uh you know people that you talk to like we talk to each other or whether it's uh, mm. writers that you trust Mm. You know, so so you it's right. You know, we talk about behaviour, we talk about doctrine. You always need something more. You need interpreters. You need people to help you uh, help you get through that, or help you make that real in your own life. Yeah, and I suppose if you have that view, like we do, that you you know that actually what God is like, God is like Jesus. Then then any writer from any tradition who helps us become like Christ, that's. That, then we would support that. I agree. Truth. Yeah, I think that's right. right. For, yeah. And for me, I think what Jesus gives us is kind of the control, as it were, not in that sense, but the the, the, the measure. You know, to come back to that and say, mm. does what I'm being told conform to Jesus? Does do I see yeah. that as yeah. the Christ-like God? Is that how He yeah. would operate? Um, mm. So I th- and th- so it's not just you know, so you can bring that back. You can use Jesus in that way if you like, mm. or you can I, I don't, you can uh, reflect back on that. Yeah. But yeah, great, Good, interesting stuff. Yes, thank you, Stu. And then uh, right, let's do this one from Ruth. Ruth says, "I've been a listener uh, of the podcast for a few years, but I've decided to go back and start from the beginning so I can get the full story." Oh, Ruth. Uh, she says I would. <laughs> she says I would fully recommend to any other listeners that they do this if they have joined part way through, like I did. <laughs> well, there's heavy shepherding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, you know you can't be a proper podcast listener until you demonstrate your commitment by listening to all the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway. Uh, she says this you may have already covered this in a recent episode i've not reached yet but how do we continue to have hope when we've been through so many years of what seems to be remarkably tough times at the start of the podcast back at the end of 2016 joe remarked it was a particularly hard year we were all leaving (laughs) i can't remember but it can't have been that bad can it (laughs) happy days yeah anyway she says since then 
I've been reminded of a lot of tough world events through the podcast, from terror attacks in Manchester, London and Sri Lanka, as well as others, to Brexit and Trump. And then in more recent years, the pandemic, wars in Ukraine, the protests in Iran, cost of living crisis and headlines suggesting we may have to face power cuts this winter. He says, Ethel, sad old person, would be delighted to hear that the Rapture Ready Index you referred to in episode 66 is only one point below the all time high of 189. Oh, wow. <laughs> Do you remember the Rapture Ready Index? The Rapture Index, yes. It's still, I think there's um, there's two yeah. actually, I seem to recall, because there was one and then they had a schism. <laughs> so someone went off to set his other one. So it's a measure of how close we are to the Rapture. Yeah, well, it must be. It must be on. You know, red no, alert, I would have thought. thought it's probably yeah. past time for it. But anyway, carry on. <laughs> but this leads me to ponder, how do we continue to live in hope and joy through what feels like many years in a row of bad, unprecedented times? Or is there a biblical mod- model for a solid five to seven year stint of mourning and crying out for a slightly easier <laughs> year next, please? <laughs> it says, love the podcast. Thanks so much for all your wisdom. Uh, Ruth. Uh, well, thank you, Ruth. Um, the wisdom generally comes from the listeners, I hasten to add. Yeah, it is true. Yeah. <laughs> the conversation comes from us, but that's all. <laughs> Good stuff and a, a great question, isn't well, it? Well, it is, and it's, it seems to me, every day it seems to me a import, more important question about hope. I mean, you know, as mm, we were saying, well, we, yeah. we're recording again, but it's a more important question even than it was yesterday. Uh, <laughs> it seems like overnight it's become more more chaotic and more... Uh, yeah. difficult yes um, indeed <laughs> I think there's there's a couple of things I want to talk about but I don't know what you want to say but there's a couple of things I want to say one is about sort of gaining a perspective on what's happening and looking at that mm. and the other is a kind of developing an attitude of hopefulness um, yeah. as on a personal level uh, but, but I think the thing that I'm battling with at the moment uh, is how do you not how do you get away from cynicism and anger and you know how do you move make that yes. first step and never mind hope i'm just so boiling over with rage at some of the stuff that what do i do I with know. that yes exactly how do we process anger i'm hoping that there's some psychologist listening who may who may write into the podcast to joe at midfaithcrisis.org and just offer to come on it because i think that's a really big question i don't know about you but in my childhood you know, anger was dirty. Mm. It was never mm. expressed. It was pushed down. You know, my parents were the masters of sort of passive aggression. So I, I learned how to do that, but not to really <laughs> express anger. And I think I think that in the grief process, you know, anger is a, is a part of that. And I think that moving through that comes through appropriate expression of that anger. So, I, you know, I wonder whether the question is, what is the appropriate expression of the injustice we feel we're mm. seeing at the moment? And, you know, kind of what what can we do? How, what, I, yeah. I think it's totally biblical, isn't it? I mean, the prophets were not mm. calm, yeah. placid people in the face of, of uh, you know, authorities behaving badly. Um, it's a question of what's that phrase you, you often use the, from Fluffy, the best criticism of the... No, the criticism that something is better than the wash name of the something else. I think that's it. Father Richard Raw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. Fluffy. Says that the, the best criticism of the bad is the practice of the better. Yes. So in other words, don't, don't, mince, don't just moan about things and be cynical. and do, Go do, do something better, I think. And that's, I, I think that's a great way to live your life. And I think there is nearly always stuff that we can do 
with our anger, which actually, uh, I want to use the word honours it, you know, because actually I think if it's if it's if it's righteous anger, if it's anger at injustice, that's not a bad thing, and that's not a bad thing in and of itself. Um, I remember Claire uh, went out to Central Asia, Central Asian country, a few years back to meet persecuted Christians, mm. and they were saying to her, "Please tell your government about this." You know, tell your government about what's happening. Mm. And she was thinking, well, how? I can't do that. What? Have, you know, and then she suddenly thought, oh, hang on, I can do that because I could write to my constituency MP, who at that time was in fact the prime minister. No, oh, really, which one? Uh, David Cameron. I don't know if you remember him. He no, was. No. Um, <laughs> he was. He was four back, I think. Um, anyway. <laughs> And and so that's an amazing thing. So you know, yes, you can you can write to the authorities. We we have a system that that allows us to do that. So we can do stuff. We can get involved with causes. We can we can practice the better. Uh, I think I just I'm just not very good at it. Um, you know, I I as you mm. I tend to be more visibly angry. Uh, it doesn't mm. tend to come over in the podcast, does it? You know, no, it doesn't. No, I've never known you rant on here. <laughs> I, I don't do, I don't hold it back really. Um, so you have to kind of you always have to find ways to manage it, I suppose. Um, but let's talk yeah. about the perspective thing. I think the first thing to say is, I think perspectives when you look at the times around you are really important. And uh, you know, historically, we look at net what's happening now, and we see it's all in chaos, and inflation is X, mm. and you know, mm. the cost of living. And I, what what I ought to say straight away, I I don't want to sound glib in this. You know, one of the problems with discussing no, this and yeah. talking about hope is that you can easily sort of minimise what people are genuinely feeling. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah. so I, I really yeah. don't want to, you, you know, if you are really struggling, I, you have my utmost sympathy, I don't know, you know, I hope you find help. That's really important. You and I, neither of us are going to a food bank no, at the moment. No, no. Yeah, people yeah. are. Yeah. So, so yeah. please yeah. hear me that, that I hope these aren't, um, just sort of platitudes, um, but 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 one of the things is to say, well, look, maybe what we're going through is absolutely normal. Maybe this is just what happens. You know, it's it's like um, maybe we've just been through a bit of a golden spell. I, you know, I was born yeah. uh, fifteen years after the, I think it's fifteen years, no, uh, sixteen years after the end of the Second World War. I've never fought in the army. I've never had to, you know, I've never been involved in a, yeah. any conflict. Yeah. You know, there was a pretty golden age, really. Um, maybe mm. not in terms of cuisine, but, you know, uh, it's got better from that point of view. But, you know, and so we've yeah. had this era of low prices. and low, yeah. Maybe it's just this is we've got sort of used to that. So there's a historical perspective that we've got to adapt to. Yeah, that's interesting. And then there's a, there's a social perspective as well, which is to say, well, look, what have we got? And we have... Um, a free press. We have a press that can critique what is going on, and that is, and of course, the press do is a dual-edged sword. And I know you often talked about this. You know, the, mm. the wash mm. of bad news. Maybe you want to talk about that. But, but, yeah, but, but we have, but, but at least we have a press who can hold power to account, and we have a, and we have an independent judiciary, and we have a democracy. And so, yes, it's chaotic. Yes, it's stupid. Yes, it's obviously been run by people who have little idea of what they're doing. But at least there is a there is a mechanism there. At least they're not in charge for life as they are in many other countries. Yeah, sure. You know, so that kind of gives me hope uh, to start with. Um, you know, but I think the press is a key thing, and that, that's and then that moves us on to that behavioural bit 
you know, but how do you manage mm. yourself during these times? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, the, the, the verse that I hear being preached at me in my head, um, helpfully and unhelpfully, is, you know, that one, set your minds on things above, not on mm. earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with uh, with Christ and God or whatever it is. But I, 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 I hear that and I sort of... You know, it has two effects on me. One, it sort of makes me cringe. Oh, yeah, just find a verse that is relevant to today's context and, you know, pull, pluck it out and apply it. But I also think there must be something there. But but what does that actually mean? Set your minds on things above. And I wonder if it's all sort of linked into this, you know, your reality is determined by what you focus on. Mm. So if you if you do just allow yourself to have a live stream of news all you're going to get is bad news and i'm convinced we were never created to handle as much bad news as we are now have access to constantly yeah you know i don't know whether it was different in the days when you just read a paper in the morning and that was the news and then you you didn't mm. think about the news for the rest of the day because you got on with your life i don't know but that sort of feels like it would be more manageable for me anyway to just have the news once a day but you know alerts coming in and things like this and you know you sort of get sucked into at the moment the the sort of soap opera of our our government um i i think it's not doing our heads much good and i think you mentioned about about you know the rise of mental health issues among young people and yeah well i think they've done you know some research and basically the the you can pretty much map the rise of uh, anxiety, mental health issues amongst young people with the use of smartphones, with the increasing use of smartphones. Yeah, yeah. That it just yeah. comes on because right. it's just you're measuring yourself against other people. You've got a constant stream of ang- anxiety-inducing stuff coming in, uh, and it's not good for us, I think. I don't think in that extent. So you have to mm. kind of manage that your, yourself, I think, and, and work out a way through that, really. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I come back to that verse then, Colossians three two. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I know that because you've written it here, helpfully. I don't <laughs> yes. want to fake it. <laughs> um, set your minds on things above and not on earthly things. So, yeah. For me, it's partly about what it means to set our minds on things above. Yes. Yes. What does that mean? Does it mean just talking about God and... No, I think that's the point. I don't think it's just the rapture index, you see. So I don't think it's just like setting your mind, oh, it's okay because the rapture's coming. And that's where my hope. Yeah. What if some of the things above are things that bring us joy? Oh, right. and, And peace and wholeness. What if strictly... Watching Strictly is to set yeah. your mind on things above. I mean, it depends on how they're dancing, I'll be honest. But, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, what if, what, if, what if those kinds of things, experience things we love doing, things that bring us connection with other people, are things above? That is helpful. So when Paul talks about earthly things, I'd need to sort of dig into what he means by that. But I imagine he means what he would call sin, you know, sins of uh, mm, selfishness, mm, greed, mm. money, power, those those earthly things, not yeah. sharing a meal together because that was absolutely fundamental to his his practice. Well, I love this broader definition of it. I really do. I think, that, I think that's extremely helpful because it seems to me that just thinking about, oh, well, just suck it up because one day you'll go to heaven. 
is which is kind of what I was taught, crudely speaking. Yes, yes. You know, suck it. You one thing you will get in this life is suffering and pain, and but you know, hey ho, when you're dead, you go be with Jesus. So put a smile on your face, kind of thing. I think that wasn't helpful, but I like this idea of broadening the definition out. And can I also say, you know, here we are talking about, I'd love to know um, what others do. How are you looking after yourselves at this time? Um, what what are the practices you do? Do you listen to the stream? Do you have gratitude lists? What do you do that, that you find really helpful? It would be lovely if people would write in to us and, and, and let us know, because what we could do next list is put out this massive kind of, hope list of here's some great ideas that we can put into practice yeah that's a great call yeah what what makes you feel hopeful what what would you say is setting your mind on things above i think i think if you're in a terrible situation then actually the the hope of you know to use an old phrase, eternal bliss is a hope for you you know it is genuine yeah. and i've met oh, people okay. who yeah. are that is their hope because yeah. they don't really have much hope of changing the other things again it's the it's the context we have a hope actually that that you you know you could get health care you could you could get justice and you could get yeah. this so so you, maybe you know just saying oh we'll set your mind on heavenly things doesn't work for us in our context sometimes it can work but i think i think it's about the life of christ i think that's the thing you know that's that verse talks about you you've died your life is now hidden um with christ in god and this is what it come, brings it right back to what you were talking about at the beginning, and Franklin Graham, and the, the mechanistic atonement. As long as you live, as long as you believe in the sort of mechanism, yeah. you're okay. And um, but I don't think hope in 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 lies in sort of a mechanistic salvation. Um, I think it lies in participating in the life of Christ, mm. and therefore we have to expand all our ideas of what that that means to participate in the life of Christ. I don't think it's just about uh, singing worship songs, thankfully. Sure. Well, thank goodness for that. Although I am interested in the noisy robe. Just, I want to look into that. It'd be good, wouldn't it, to sort of actually live it out, to sort of to wait for a <laughs> prayer meeting and then put on your clanky old robe and walk in <laughs> and go, hello, I'm back. Well, listen, uh, we, we, should, we should wrap things up. So I'd like to finish on our... A note of hope, straight from my gratitude list. Oh, yeah, great. French Brie. Somerset Brie. Compty. Black Bomber Cheddar. This is not your gratitude list. This is your shopping list. No, but listen, I, can I include cheese as things above? Because if I set my mind on those <laughs> things, I do actually feel so much happier. I mean, I'm not eating it. I'm thinking about it and I instinctively feel lots happier. Well, as the song goes, Joe, fix your mind upon cheeses. <laughs> thank you. Hey, thank you. Oh, it was, it was there the and next. I had to go there for it. There it is. I set that up. You knocked it in. <laughs> There's the episode title. And we're away. <laughs> well, we should go, shouldn't we? <laughs> we should. I think after that, I feel ashamed. But I, you should be. But, but strangely alive. Go and think about what you've done. <laughs> okay well thank you ever so much for listening everyone and yeah. uh, we'll be back with you next week see you then cheers